Welcome to the Sunday night uh, live stream. I'm Bobby Burton. This is on Texas football. I'm alongside Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers here, uh, presented by the Cross Oak Group. Uh, guys, a disappointing win for the a uh, disappointing loss, excuse me, for the Longhorns on Saturday, uh, 34 to 30. Uh, we've all, I think, had a chance to rewatch the game at this point. I want to talk a little bit about that uh, and just uh, really uh, go over those thoughts. Also, invite your questions in this. Uh, live stream today. Please feel free to get them in. I've already starred a couple of you guys uh, that uh, that uh, put them in before we get got started here. Uh, please do that. Also, if you're on Inside Texas Message Board, please uh, post there as well, and I'll try to get to them uh, too. Uh, Rod Babers, uh, Jerry Hamilton. Jerry, you were in the stadium yesterday, so I'm going to start with you. Uh, your thoughts on the game overall right now and where Texas sits a day after. Yeah, I thought, one, it was an incredible, incredible atmosphere for college football. I got to – I left the hotel at 6.55 in the morning, and I didn't take the back roads. I was like, you know what, I'll hit the uh, – you know, I'll just go down. I was staying over. You know where I staying, Bobby, off 6.35. And I was like, okay, I'll just hit 30, come on down, take that ride over by the youth center. I've never seen that much traffic at 7 a.m. getting into the stadium, first of all. It was – Parking lot. Um, then when I got into the stadium, it was amazing, the atmosphere for that game. You knew the game had returned based on the people in there, college game day. That helps, right? But it was an electric atmosphere inside the game. I, I got to tell you guys, it was the craziest start to a game I think I've seen in a long time because of the interception on play two. Then they, it's not just an Oklahoma score. It's they scored a Dylan Gabriel and quarterback draw, which I think even surprised the Oklahoma fans. Then Texas turns it over again and then comes back and blocks the punt and scores. It was like, I've said this before, that game's like a Final Four basketball game. The momentum swings were amazing in the mm -hmm. first minutes alone to start yeah. that game. It was amazing being there. It was like being at a Final Four basketball game with the fan bases. Because you do feel like your season's over. Now, since you have an off week, you feel like your season's over for a week until you come back on the field. That's just a reality. And it's not. Here's the thing I'll say. I, I Look, Oklahoma's the better team Saturday. If they play 10 times, does Oklahoma win five? I don't know. Texas obviously didn't play their best game. Some, no. you, get, you tip your hat, Oklahoma. I love their offensive scheme for college football. I've always loved what Art does and kind of how they've built off that scheme for college football. Um, but you know, the six games left, Texas is the favorite. I, the, the only thing that's changed for me is one, it, sometimes it takes a loss for just self-reflection in the season during season. All right. This is some things we need to change. I, I think, I, I think there's some, some things that'll happen. Um, but look, Texas is a favorite in the last six games. You don't, you no longer control your destiny, but all your same goals are still there. If you went out and and you need Oklahoma to win out, by the way, if you're 11 and one and you beat 12 and Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, you're in the playoff because other teams are going to lose. The Pac-12 is going to beat each other. The Big 10 is going to beat each other. We'll see what happens in the ACC if FSU can roll the roll through. Um, I, I watch out for Mac Brown in that ACC title game if that's who they play in that hey. match. If they play up, <laughs> Drake May may have something to say about that one. Um, but I, you know, look, I mean, I, I mean, wake me up when somebody beats Georgia, by the way, 
I mean, Kentucky got absolutely annihilated yesterday after beating the brakes off of Florida the week before. I think Kentucky had 160 freaking yards against Georgia. 160 yards in a Power 5 game. Uh, but, look, Texas is – here's the thing. They still have – they can still get better in a lot of ways. This off week comes at the perfect time because I will say here's here here is what I saw being at the game, guys, before I let the y'all smarter opinions than mine. Uh, <laughs> Texas is pretty beat up. Not as bad as OU, who I think could have had a couple of season-ending injuries that could impact them since you're only at the midway point of the season. But Kelvin Banks was limping visibly. Mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers even had a limp. I think he took some shots in that game, right? Played under duress the best he has in his career. Um, Obviously, JT Sanders, the first – I texted Bobby Rod uh, and a couple of guys. The first time he cut, when I was in the stadium, I was like, this ain't going to work. He just did – you know, he was – he was had it. to have yeah. that explosiveness and that what makes him a tremendous player. So that was out the window. Uh, Texas needs a week to get refreshed, get healthier. And I'll tell you this, uh, you know, I think this team – I asked Drew Kelson about this earlier today, you know, because they had the 12-0 loss to OU and then ran the table. Um, I think this is really going to motivate this team. I, I think it's going to motivate this team. I think it's to motiv- motivate this coaching staff, guys. All right, uh, Rod, uh, just so everybody understands, uh, we're, we're doing the, the live stream tonight from 6 to 7, around 7.15 tonight, uh, because, look, the Astros play. The, the Rangers are playing right now. They're up, uh, <laughs> I think, 10 to 5 or something. All right, right now in the eighth inning, uh, Astros play, and, of course, the Cowboys play at 730. They're the night game. Uh, one of your friends is, happens to be the head coach of the 49ers. That's the Cowboys opponent. Hey. Uh, your, your former running mate there at uh, Texas, Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, do you think, uh, what do you think Shanahan's thinking today, uh, Rod, about that loss yesterday to the Sooners? Uh well, I guarantee you because he's got the big game with the with the Cowboys, he ain't too he ain't too worried about it. <laughs> he's, he is a long one through and through, but he's got bigger fish to fry this time. Uh he's got to make sure that that the that the that the Cowboys don't pull the upset on the 49ers right now. Um, uh, but like the Sooners did. But you know, I watched the game, guys, and I, I took a little bit longer to watch the game than I needed to. And I wanted to look into some of the details. And basically what it comes down to me is the defense was too conservative. Yes. Right, in that game, can't be conservative in that game. All nope. right, the defense was too conservative, and the offense was too predictable in crucial, critical moments. Obviously, goal line situation when they go the jumbo package, but also to start the game. Let's go back to the the first the, the interception, the first drive, right? Second play of the game. Let's go back to it. If you first of all the first play, if I'm not mistaken, that first play conceptually, I got to see for, see if it's formationally. The same thing, but it's basically the play they ran in 2021 that Xavier Worthy kind of scored on. Very similar concept. All right, just throwing it out there. And then if you look at the second play that was the interception, guys, it was the same play, same formation, same personnel package as they started off the Bama game with. Exact same one. Except instead of throwing to the trip side, which had because it was out of twelve, it was empty formation out of twelve personnel, one back, two tight ends. Instead of throwing to the trip side, which had two tight ends and the running back, they threw to the wide receiver side. Same route combination they ran in Alabama. They ran a double slant in Alabama. So they threw to the other side with the running back and the two tight ends. There was a screen, but it's the same uh, combination of plays, right? Same package plays. It was a screen, running back screen to the two tight end side, 
and in the trip side, and it was a double slant to the other side. And I got to tell you, go back and watch it when Oklahoma sees it. Use like five, six guys. They it, it was like a Rick Patino basketball. <laughs> They're like, oh, I was like, three guys are just converging. I was like, oh. like, we do it. So what they did, guys, they zone to the trip side, play zone to the trip side. They play man. Um, to the to the to the two receiver side to the twin side, and I, if, if I'm not mistaken, it looks like the safety and that inside off ball linebacker they're reading the quarterback, and immediately Quinn goes straight to the two receiver side. Immediately, he doesn't look. It does not. That's not a. There's no. He's not trying to manipulate defenders at all. He goes straight, and then both the defenders, the safety, he goes deep high, and then you see the the linebacker go underneath that first slant that that's uh, inside slant, and then. Obviously, the corner did a great job. Go watch the corner, too. He doesn't drop, guys. He did not drop. He sits on that route. Yes. He's sitting on like he's sitting on a toilet. I mean, he's sitting on that thing. And it's, it, I'm like, damn. I mean, he's going against A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. you got to be worried about the vertical with those two those. He ain't worried about the vertical. Coach told him, don't, don't, exactly. don't worry about the vertical. They never throw the vertical in the empty formation like this. All you got to worry about is that quick one. And they jumped it. And Quinn... Give Quinn credit. Go watch him. He knew he shouldn't have threw it. Go. Drew talked about it on the post game. Drew broke it down. He knew he should have threw it. He hesitates like, ah, I see it, and ah, I'm just going to throw it. That's the his, his clock went off in his head. Yes. It was like, coach told you to throw it, so throw it. Like, no, 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 no. Don't be a robot. Coach told you to throw it if he's open. He didn't open. Just throw it away or go run it, do something else. And that was a negative play that Quinn could have kept you out of. You go ask Quinn that point and the next media availability if he saw the defender. He saw it. He, he saw hesitates. It. Go watch him. He goes, oh, I was oh. sitting at the angle. I could see it. He hesitated, Jerry. Yeah. He saw it, and he, he still did. threw it. Yeah. That's the, that's what we're talking about with Quinn. He, Quinn was great, by the way, after that. he was After they got Quinn in the groove, dude, he was that, – that's – uh, that's NFL draft tape right there. Honestly, for for three quarters of this game, he put on a clinic. Yeah, I, I wrote that. That's what I, Rod. I got to say this. That's what I said to Jerry. Yeah. Um, in the grading the horns today, our segment there, I was like, if if you want to know uh, why Quinn yours might now go in the first round of the draft, the last three quarters are why. Exactly. I mean, uh, he not in in the the important piece resilience. Yeah, yep. we've known we've seen him have spots of being good like this, but he was good and he was good after being bad. That's important. I, I know that is. you can't lay down in the NFL, baby. And to add to that, he played under duress the whole game. That wasn't that was an under duress NFL type of game for him. And yeah. guys, keep in mind, I, I listen. I, my, one of my best friends in the world is Chris Sims, guys, NFL quarterback, guys, legit. It was a pro even in the college level. And even, even he had moments of that quicksand where you have a bad play early on, a couple of bad plays, and then it spirals on you. It happens to everybody, by the way. It's happening to really good players. Like, damn, what, what, what the hell is going on right now? I, I You know man, I can't seem to keep my head above water. It didn't spiral on him. I'll give Sark credit for that because Sark game planning wise, he got his quarterback back in the rhythm and back into a groove. Didn't allow it to be a landslide. Didn't allow it to spiral. And I'll give Quinn a lot of credit too. But keep this in mind. Here's something. I I, I watched the, the post-game interviews and listened to all the post-game interviews from the players. I got two guys documented now. Xavier Worthy and Jonathan Brooks both said they gave us a look that we had not prepared for on film. What did I say all week long? If you want to start Quinn slow, 
it ain't gonna mean you're gonna get Quinn discombobulated for the whole game, but if you want to get him to start slow, because Quinn is well prepared, you gotta give him a look that's that Sark hadn't prepared him for. Sark admitted, probably shouldn't have, but he did. He admitted after the third game, two of the teams that we played, they gave us looks on, on, on the field, presentations that we didn't see on film, all right, that, that we didn't see on so they gave us looks on the field that we didn't see on film, so we didn't prepare Quinn Ewers for. And Quinn Ewers in the Rice and the Wyoming game started a little bit slow. Now, he still found his rhythm, but he started slow. And when he starts slow, Texas starts slow. Now, the Bama game, we all assume he was well prepared because he looked like it. And that is kind of the key, guys. So we got three games now where we got documented evidence of the coach and player saying, yeah, they gave us a look we weren't prepared for. They, 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 they showed us something that we didn't we didn't see on film. If you, my, So basically, we got a trend here, all right? If you want to get Quinn to start slow, because and you know what this amounts to? This is not an indictment on Quinn as a quarterback, guys. He just hadn't had enough reps. I heard Tom Brady talk about this when he was like 38 years old. He was like, nobody can show me a defense, a coverage, a front that I have not seen. I played so much football that I have automatic recall <laughs> of certain situations so I can decipher almost any situation. I can always recall what coverage they were in and how we approached it and how I can now kind of troubleshoot this, this defense. Quinn doesn't have that. Quinn's got none of that. He played long enough to have it. So I think when he gets that, he'll be in, he'll he'll go to another level. But right now, you show him something he haven't seen. That's the rule to, to get Quinn to start slow. Uh, you, you say that he started 14 games at Texas now. Uh, by comparison, uh, Dylan Gabriel, his 44th start running the same offense. <laughs> um, I, we need to say thanks to uh, our hey, by, by the way, his 44th start running the same offense, first time he ever rushed for 100 yards was Saturday, and 44 starts, guys. Yeah, yeah. They, they they pulled out all stops, and that's that, – somebody said it on Inside Texas. They Venables emptied the clip. There's no doubt. There's no he doubt. Had to. He couldn't go home with a conservative loss. He yeah. had to. I, uh, the, the Sunday night live stream, guys, is brought to you by the Cross Oak Group. Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways to impact nearly every aspect of your business. With decades of experience ranging from the State House to the White House, Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk, and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to www.crossoakgroup.com. That's www.crossoakgroup.com. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Sunday night live stream. Uh, Rod and Jerry, I, I think it's time for us to get to the little questions and comments from the fans. Uh, I think this one should be a really good, uh, a good segment today. I already picked out a couple that I thought were really good in the pre-chat. Uh, this one is here. Sam, one close loss and the sky is falling. Texas is back to 2010 to 2022 fire form. Fire Sark, Arch transferring crown has come out of the woodwork, both in and out of the fan base. Might step away for a while. Oh, man. I, I agree. The overreactionaries are in full force right now. That's not us. It's not me, at least. I'm no, look, I don't think so. I said. Somewhere along the line, Texas is going to lose a game. Didn't know what it was going to be. OU right now may be the only team capable of beating Texas. They better the be. Uh, well, I, I think there are other teams that can do it on a given night. But Texas, uh, even in they, – they couldn't have had a worse first quarter 
or really a first half, and they're even down by 10. I, I could be wrong about this, but I, I feel like Texas, I'm not close to that because I think the talent's so much better than what it's been. I, I think the coaching is good on both sides. It wasn't perfect yesterday. No. But it's a, it's a it's not the program from 2010 to 2022, guys. Rod, what no. you, what, I see you shaking your head in agreement. No, no, I totally agree with you. I, I, I even now this is crazy that sometimes I find I, I find myself now kind of the optimist. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 me too. I was labeled as a pessimist for 15 yeah, exactly. years, basically. Um, but this is this is what I saw in that game, and I'll give Sark a lot of credit, guys. Go watch the first kickoff return for Texas. Worthy. When it's Savion Red returns, they're trying to set up a throwback. Throwback. Yeah, they're trying to set it up. Xavier, go watch him. Xavier, he's like, he's like, he's drifting off to the side, and is give Saving Ray a lot of credit. He made a, I think, a, a rational decision, which was yes. now, you know what, this is too risky right now. It's not, it's not open like it was in practice. I'm just gonna take it. Sark, it, it, he know, he, he figured out how to coach in this game, and I saw it in this matchup, right? I saw it early on. Now I don't like how predictable the offensive game plan was. I don't like that. And I don't like how predictable he was on the goal line in, in critical moments. But I saw him answer and respond over and over again because he knew in this game, man, you cannot allow a team to, 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 to harness and monopolize all the momentum and all the energy. You just can't do it. If you do, you're going you're gonna to be on the, the downside of a landslide. It could happen really easily. And Oklahoma started fast. Like By the way, guys, like we said all week long, Oklahoma got embarrassed. They coming out like gangbusters, man. They coming out. They letting it all, everything they got, they throwing it at you. It's the, 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 the first of all, they've been thinking about it for a whole offseason. I told you that because I got embarrassed in this game. But Sark, not only did we see the fake punt early on to answer and respond to momentum and try to match energy, we saw them go for it on fourth down multiple times early on. Uh, we saw them the, the go for the block kick um, deep in the uh, other team's territory. I like that. So I just the, I just like the way what what I saw from Sark in terms of coaching in the Texas OU game. He gets it. You can't you can't coach conservative and you can't coach scared in this game. So that early on he was trying to match energy and match momentum. And I think in critical moments he did not he kind of his own <laughs> mentality. He should have been hey man in that on the goal line there. I know he's got plays on the goal line that he can throw out there. He just got conservative thinking. You know what? I've been I've been acquiring these these big humans, and if we got the bigger humans, and we're gonna push them around. And he miscalculated. He thought he could push Oklahoma around, and he couldn't. Yep. Uh, so I, I agree. I agree with that. And I think that uh, I want to, as part of that, Rod, I want to mention the injuries uh, and give y'all a little bit of an update. What we have from Inside Texas and Justin Wells at this point reporting that uh, Cole Hudson is actually making his way back and might be ready as soon as the University of Houston game. Wow. Uh, that would help the interior of the offensive line. Connor Robertson, of course, took over at center for Jake Majors and played reasonably well. He did. Given the uh, scenario or situation that occurred. Jake Majors, it's, it sounds like it's a high ankle sprain. Houston and or BYU, the next expectation for him. So uh, we'll, we'll see if he's back. Ryan Watts, we believe, is a hamstring that, that's just been tightening up on him uh, repeatedly. Uh, he should uh, theoretically uh, be ready for the University of Houston game. I think they missed Ryan Watts on Saturday because of his physicality in the run game. Uh, one of the problems I saw, too many yards after catch and after contact 
even uh, yeah. in the secondary. Uh, they were not getting guys to the ground very well. I, right, want, Rod, uh, I want Rod to speak to that real quick, Bobby, because okay. this is the first game all season. Rod played it at a high level. That's first game all season where there wasn't pressure on the quarterback and the quarterback was sitting in the pocket patting the ball from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And as a corner, this is the first time they've had to cover for an extended second or two, then break down and have to make a tackle in space. Yeah. They hadn't had to do it all year. And nope. had to do it against multiple players. So that was the first time these guys went through that this year because they didn't have to do it against Bama. Texas got pressure on Bama and Milrow couldn't make the throws. Yep, and exactly. I think the last part, Jerry, is, is so key. Neuro can make throws. Yeah. So you can be like thinking, oh, I got this guy covered. But do you really have him covered? Or do you have a quarterback who's unable to be able to make that throw, is competent enough to be able to make that throw? Dylan Gabriel, yep. and like I said, we pointed out, nobody is more familiar with their offensive system uh, in terms of the familiarity than Dylan Gabriel is in his system. No quarterback in the country has been in the system as long as he has. And you saw him, the ball placement at times. And then just the awareness. We talked about it, Bobby, on the postgame. There's that that third and three where they, the, the bot snap, right? And they snap it behind on the side of him. He's not ready for it. And he finds a way to throw the ball away. He grabs it, throws, doesn't panic, throws it away. They end up in a fourth and three. Texas runs to the kicker. And then turns Huge out ball. they get the ball back. And if, it, if he hadn't done it, if he had fallen on the ball or just rolled over on it and tried to recover it, Hey, you know what? Texas would have still actually gotten the ball because running to the kicker is only five, not roughing the kicker, which is 15. But he didn't. He found a way. He's like, no, I'm going to keep my team out of this negative play. That's a big part of being a great quarterback, and he was. And, guys, let's be honest. They broke tendency. To win big games, you got to break tendency. Yeah. He, he, he tied for his, his uh, all-time career uh, number in rush attempts. Yeah. And the, the, the quarterback draw. Guys, I went. The, I looked at numbers on the quarterback draw, and I broke down the film. I got five of them for fifty-nine yards, one touchdown. Man, that's that's hey, <laughs> look, quarterback I'm, draw. <laughs> Rod, I said it. I said it with Bobby on grading the positions <laughs> earlier today. There is no way in the hell that Brent Venables and Levy were sitting in the coach's office saying, "Hey, this Gabriel's going to rush for a hundred yards Saturday. He's going to rush for a hundred yards." They didn't think that was coming. They thought Texas was probably going to defend it a little better than what they – they just didn't think he was going to break out a 100-yard rushing game. There's no way they did. They didn't put it on film, though, not not to that extent. They didn't right. put him on, on film with design rush. He had four scrambles. So what was it ended up being? I think Football Focus said he had 13 rushes, uh, and I believe the other thing he said he had 14 rushes. So I, I – I don't know. You guys break it down. I'm sure they consider maybe like a sack or a yard by yeah, tackle for loss, whatever it may be. But basically, he averaged over eight yards per rush. We're talking about a scramble or a quarterback design run. Eight yards per rush. That's big, guys. He had four 10 plus yard runs and he had a couple of back breaking runs. So that was something Texas obviously did not was not ready for. Um, And they broke tendency with them because it was his most prolific rushing game as a quarterback in college. All right, uh, this one coming in from Josh Paredes. 100%. Ending of the game reminded me of the 08 game when Texas played Texas Tech. Uh, Longhorns had a chance uh, in that game to kind of run out the clock, but uh, kind of mishandled uh, the situation near the end of the game. Colt McCoy went ahead and scored with time still left. Uh, Obviously, uh, the guys at Texas Tech marched back down the field, last second throw to uh, Michael Crabtree. I don't know if it was exactly like that, although there were some similarities in this way. Uh, one, 
Texas was the, the favorite, and they were playing poorly on offense to start that game in 08 and then came roaring back at the end of it and playing well. Similarly, against OU, Texas was playing poorly in the first quarter and came roaring back on offense. Um, the difference here was uh, OU didn't – they had to get – if they wouldn't have gotten in the end zone, it would have been gone to overtime. Uh, I, I don't know, guys. I don't know what y'all think. Um, it reminded me a little bit of it. I don't know if it was quite as heartbreaking as the 08 team because anticipation had built up for so long for that Tech OU game. What, what do y'all think? You, Jerry, you say yes. Oh, yeah. No, I had the same – it had the same feeling for me uh, just watching the games. Uh, Oklahoma didn't have a timeout, guys. I know. No. If they would if they would have sacked the quarterback in that scenario, what happens? Or if you yeah. run 20 seconds off when you snap Jay, it at 25. Jalen Ford uh, in the postgame said they played man most of the time down the field, and they got more aggressive the closer and closer they got to field goal range and closer they got, obviously, to the red zone. And they did. They actually blitzed that the touchdown they gave up. They blitzed the corner from that side. The side they threw the touchdown on. They blitzed the corner there. Go watch it. And and, and even David Bender has now, uh, I believe, spoken to the media and admitted it was on him. The miscommunication on the touchdown, the game winning touchdown, was on him. I broke that guy. I broke that down to you guys on the post game. That of course it was. Derek Williams. He basically bumped the coverage. You bumped the coverage from one side of the field to the other when the guy motions across. And they were supposed to bump the coverage, and Jaron Thompson bumped it, but David Bender didn't get the the call to bump the coverage over. So um, that was a simple. It was a, it was not a complicated switch route, guys. It, it was it was a pretty simple switch route uh, that Texas could have picked up and then bought themselves more time. And like you said, Oklahoma had no timeouts. Uh, so yeah, and also I wonder with Sark, you know, it, we're being. And I'm not. I'm not criticizing Sark. Actually, I, I I thought you know my two points of criticism are just how how predictable he was early on and then in that critical moment on the goal line there I'm being I, I didn't like that um but this that was kind of my only really criticism of Sark but also this one I think he could have wasted more time on that last drive now looking back on it guys guys he he was snapping he was like they they still running up tempo I don't know why they were running up tempo but they were probably didn't want Oklahoma to sub I know that, but you still can but, waste 10, 15 more seconds. 20, 20 seconds. I mean, yeah, I, I know. I'm, I I agree with you, Rob. I mean, guys, they snapped it after that second and 10. They get X-Men gets that 12-yard reception. They snap it at 28 seconds, yep. 28 seconds, yep. 27 seconds, 23 seconds, 24 seconds, 34 seconds. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when you add up all the seconds, I know it's not going to milk it all the way down to the end, but, man, five, ten more seconds here or there, a little motion here or there, man, they don't have 70. What do they have, 77 seconds? Yeah. Dude, you could have got – honestly, sorry, you could have got them down 30 to 30-something. And, squib, and squib kick you, it, they're done. Yeah, you could you could have got them down. You, you, I'm not saying – I'm not saying we're being nitpicky. You could have got them down more. Go look at that drive, guys. They they were they were up tempo they rushed and I know they liked what they saw because Oklahoma had an injury in the secondary yeah. so they were moving things around they moved key on corner so Sark liked what he saw and he didn't want them to adjust I get it I get it I get it and 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 that's why we can play devil's advocate here what and Sark probably can answer you why he did it but man now looking back in retrospect yeah I think you could have wasted uh, you could have milked the buck did thirty more seconds off of it hey guys uh, a question a question coming in from. Uh, 
from the uh, Inside Texas Message Boards, Jerry and, and Rod. What can what 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 are some of the positives that you take away from this game for Texas? Quinn Ewers' resilience is mine. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some other positive. Uh, I thought the wide receiver group played tremendous. I thought the running backs were tremendous again. Um, I think uh, a game like this, um, Savion Red's clearly his role's getting bigger. Now it's time for him to be the goal line back. If you ask me, get in the guy that runs pissed off and is loaded to ground. Brooks and Baxter, patient runners. They're not goal line runners. Get Savion Red in there. He wants to hit somebody every time he touches the ball. Go let him run through somebody's chest and get low and get the ball across the goal line. I thought Gunnar Helm played really well. I thought Connor Robertson, I mean, dude. Considering. He was yep. third string center a month ago. Yeah. And his Brown, first real time as a college player. Here you go, baby. We're up front a little bit. Go make the calls. Here we go for three and a half. No poor snaps. I mean, he may have had a procedure, but no poor snaps. And I I was going to go to snaps. And and then my last thing, guys, and there was a lot of things. I thought Terrence Brooks was really good in coverage for really being tested the first time this year for a whole game against a quarterback that can make the throws and wasn't under pressure. The other thing was after a week after there were bad short snaps and Auburn missed two kicks, there were great snaps and he made the biggest kicks of his life. All right, yeah. uh, Rod, you, I, I want to say this. Rangers 11, Orioles 5, Ooh. going into the bottom of uh, bottom of nine uh, for the Rangers fans out there. Rod, any other positives that you saw that you want to mention? Uh, I, like I, said, I saw a growth from Sark as a coach. Like I said, I think he knows how to coach in this game now. He knows uh, you got to answer. You got to be aggressive. I think it'll be another learning uh, lesson for him in this game that, you know, maybe I got – I he did break tendency. I will say that um, Jay Witt being a – Jay Witt, Jay Witt being featured in the offense is breaking tendency. It was Jay Witt's best game ever. I mean, we've never seen Jay Witt have a game like that. Yeah. So that was, I think that was a little bit different. That was probably based on maybe what Oklahoma was taking away. But still, I think that's breaking tendency. The Gunner Helm touchdown, guys, that's that Oklahoma was so well prepared. That's why Gunner Helm was wide open. Because they every time they've seen that look that's on short yardage, Texas throws to one of the underneath routes, and Gunner Helm usually stays in the block. <laughs> you don't even go out for a route. And that was a brilliant uh, kind of change change up by Sark. I love that. Also, he, if y'all, if y'all, I know y'all don't maybe not watch a ton of NFL football. There's a Mike McDaniel's using what they call a, a short motion, a quick motion, a burst motion. Uh, he's using it with Tyreek Hill to basically get Tyreek Hill on the run at the time of the snap with a running start, which yeah. is like the fastest guy in the NFL with a running start as a nightmare for any defensive back. I'm um, trying to take some of the concepts from Canada when they have the guy coming running full speed to the line of scrimmage. Sark used that short burst motion. First time I've seen it. And I'm pretty sure from that Shanahan coaching tree that he loves so much, he's been watching some of those guys, Mike McDaniel and the floor and Sean McVay and now Shano all are using it. And he used it in this game. It was one of the ways he broke tendency. I don't know how much it worked. I got to go back in time about look at how many targets and motion they have. But I love that he, you know, you can tell that he's refining and evolving the offense a little bit. Um, also, they used the big 11 package. Big 12 is when they use a sixth offensive lineman, Malik Albo, with an extra tight end. This time they used just the sixth offensive lineman, but with three wide receivers. I like I've never that. seen them use that before. And it was really good. Guys, the numbers. Oh, man. Yeah, they should have used it more. Honestly, I'm upset with Sark for not using it more. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I went back and looked at it. So, uh, Texas, I believe in the game, they averaged some poach, what, at three-something yards per rush. They're really bad. In that sixth offensive line package, when they threw them out there, five over five yards per rush, over 10 yards per attempt, over seven yards per play. 
they should have ran it more. They didn't run it enough. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, before we go, go on, I want to say this. Keith uh, Davis gave us a super chat. Keith, thank you so much. Rod went over this a little bit. I'm not a coach, so tell me why we didn't use more clock on the last drive. Maybe because they were moved. I, I want to add to Rod's comment earlier. He was talking about uh, Sark and, uh, you know, why they didn't uh, do that. And Jerry mentioned tempo uh, to keep people off the field. I'll say this. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was partially because he had a hot hand and didn't want to let it cool off. I mean, you know, I, I think I think that's, there's something to be said about that, too. Uh, not saying he made the right decision in retrospect. Uh, but it's certainly part of the uh, part of the process. Uh, Daniel Clark asked this question, guys: Does Texas have an inferiority complex against OU? I, I, guys, y'all see any of that? I, I just don't. I think no. I think Texas got beat. No, yeah, yeah. Hey, give, give Brent Venable some credit, guys. Yeah. Give that dude some credit, man. Why can't we give Brent Venable some credit for having a damn good game plan against Texas? Well, here's here's the thing. I uh, here's the thing. Uh, Drew and I talked about this, guys, and we need to hit, hit on this. This is why it's great to be a blue blood in the day and age of the portal. The guy rebuilt the roster in one year. Forty three new scholarship players. Forty three new scholarship players, and a lot of those guys played a lot of snaps. Um, so that's, uh, um, look, they, they did a good job. I mean, I, I, I was, I was sitting there, I was joking. I, I can't remember who I was joking with. I was thinking to myself, think about having, if you're Venables and you're talking to Bob Stoops and just having conversations about what would you, what are we going to do? What would you do against Texas? Then Levy's calling Art Browse. How would you attack yeah. Texas? <laughs> Damn, that's pretty good. That's two pretty good guys to talk to now. Hey, don't forget, Jerry. Uh, Art calls Kendall and gets Kendall on that that Zoom call. Oh yeah, he needs to, he needs to make that. He makes Kendall's on that make other call because yeah. TCU's got some issues. Uh, <laughs> hey uh, guys, I uh, want to say thanks again to our sponsor of the Sunday Night Live Stream. Each and every Sunday night is brought to you by the folks at the Cross Oak Group. Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways to impact nearly every aspect of your business. With decades of experience ranging from the State House to the White House, Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to www.crossoak.com. That's www.crossoak.com. Uh, we're going to try to keep going here uh, with some more questions. Uh, this is one that I think we might have some agreement on uh, with Jay Wilson. Got to work on the pass rush and safety rotation. Honestly, think Derek Williams should start and rotate after him. Depending on Jalen Catalan's health, I'm, I kind of think you may be right. Um, Derek Williams may be, as of right now, the best cover safety in the program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. He's the only one that I think can run as well as the guys that are going up against him when you don't get a pass rush. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all, Bobby. I, I, I've been hinting at that, said that like a week ago, that he's your best cover safety now. You know, whether you need him to be uh, like an asset in that regard, that's a different discussion because maybe you can use him, use your safeties in another capacity. But he is definitely your best coverage safety. He actually covers like a nickelback. I think he'll play nickel, and I don't think he'd be that much of a drop off. Uh, it's clear in this game when because Jalen Catalan, and I forget when he went out, but guys, you, you remember the first like three defensive plays for Texas defensively? He made the play. He was, he was he was supporting the run from depth, and the first play came from 12 yards deep, and that's when I think it was like a, a running back, like short uh, swing pass or something to the running back. And then on the second play, he came from 11 yards deep, uh, and then on the third down, he hit the running back. He came from like – on the first three plays, this dude was running the alley. Yeah, It was just as, uh, as I described that you need him to play the run from depth and he was doing a really good job of it, and then you know he had the injury. He all, he gave him a deep ball too, but honestly, the deep ball was not an issue like we thought it would. I thought it would be. I thought they would throw more deep balls on Texas. They were, they Especially considering you couldn't get pressure. <laughs> yeah, they only threw two of them, which honestly should have made them easier to defend. That's what I was thinking. They're not throwing a deep ball, so you should be. E- so guys, I'll say this: I miscalculated. Now I apologize. I thought Texas DBs would be able to smother the underneath short, quick passing game, and they did not. They did not at all. They did I not. I think maybe they played on their heels a little bit, uh, Rod, worried about the deep ball. Uh, that's maybe you're right. Could be. I, it feels like that. Yep. Hey, Jerry, this one's uh, from E. Kim. Any updates from the recruits? You were down there. Texas, uh, tell t- tell people about the new guy that Texas offered on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the, the recruit reaction isn't like the uh, fan reaction. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, like I've said before, um, these kids look at this stuff different. Uh, they say, you know, Colin Simmons sits in the stand and say, I would have sacked Gabriel here and I would have sacked him here. Whether he's right or not, that's what he believes because he's the best edge pass rusher in the country. That's the way these guys, these kids look at that. They saw, they were, kids were jumping up and down. I was sitting about 40 rows above them. I could see it. Um, they, those kids are having an amazing time and an amazing atmosphere. And here's what that game, and I kind of speak, speak to that when A&M and Texas start playing again. What you missed in that A&M in Texas not playing is a games like this to keep these kids home. That was an unbelievable game. That like, okay, the new offer is, is Xavier Philsame. He's a safety out of McKinney High, okay? He was – I'll be interested when I – I'm going to go see him. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what he has to say. Tech, by the way, Inside Texas broke that he was going to be at the game Friday. Um, Blake Gideon called – him and, and a coach from McKinney was bringing a few kids to that game. Called them Saturday on the drive in, and Gideon actually offered him before he ever got to the stadium Saturday. He's a five-star safety from McKinney, committed to Florida. I'll be interested to see what he has to say. He was in the swamp. He's a kid originally from Orlando. His dad lives in McKinney. His mom lives in Orlando. He's a kid originally from Orlando. He was in the swamp for the Tennessee game. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what he says about the environment at Texas OU. 
versus anywhere else he's been. Uh, but that's a kid Texas offered. We'll see where it goes. Um, I think the, the reaction from kids was positive. But here's the thing. We talked about it after the Bama game. And I think the Bama game was bigger for recruiting than the OU loss is Hurts recruiting. But here's the thing. You got to go win games. I mean, you can't let the Bama win. You know, you can't let that go away over the course of a season. And Texas is favored the last few games. And tell, look, here's the reality. The kids aren't dumb. There's probably half those kids or more than half those kids who would say Texas was the better team. They just didn't play better that day. These kids aren't dummies now. They know. They know, okay, there's a couple turnovers. Man, that guy, you know, that running into the punter, that was a big play. Our coaches tell us we can't do that in these situations. These kids aren't dumb. They see a game a little bit different. Um, and, and the only time they're emotional is during the game. They don't take the loss like the fans do. Uh, so I think recruiting's positive. But let's be real. We had 10-2 and two before the season, everybody. Unless there's injuries or something really goes bad, I mean te- Texas should win out here to the Big Twelve title game. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not shy about saying that. Look at the look at the Big Twelve right now. Look at Kansas State. Look at the teams. I mean Tech may be good at the end of the year, who, but who knows if they're going to have a healthy quarterback at the end of the year? Texas is going to be favored. Look at TCU at Iowa State. I mean it, Texas is going to be heavily favored the rest of the season. Now they got to go win the games. It's hey, it's a bad week to have an off week. It's a good week to get healthy, and I don't think Sark's going to have to to coach these guys this hard. I think it's going to be a motivated team. All right, uh, let's see this real quick. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I think that that some of these questions are, are are really hitting on a lot of the same things. So I'm going to try to mix around what we try to answer, guys. Yep. Uh, and so if you if somebody gets a question not answered, uh, it's not because I'm not seeing them. Or what have you? A lot of the a lot of people asking the same thing. So I'm going to make sure I hit the various different topics. Okay, uh, this one from M. Brees. Uh, Is there any concerns, or are there any concerns about the offensive line? They're still young, so I'm thinking they should get stronger as they get older. Agree, or do you guys see any issues? I really didn't see overwhelming issues. Yes, Quinn was sacked five times, but I think two of them were probably uh, coverage sacks at least. Um, Quinn may have gotten confused on another one. Maybe OU beat him a couple times one-on-one. But, I, look, I thought the offensive line, other than maybe even play calling on the one, uh, I thought the offensive line played admirably. Not not great. They didn't dominate like I think Texas fans were hoping. But OU committed a lot of people to the run, and that's why Quinn – one of the reasons why Quinn lit him up so successfully, right? Uh Y'all's thoughts on that. What did y'all think of the offensive line overall? I thought we had one big takeaway last season after the year in the offseason. We were saying, we, we, this was one of our big takeaway, Bobby. Um, and Rod, I think he com- Rod commented on this as well. Texas had all five starting offensive linemen for all 13 games last year. Texas has a little bit more injury on the offensive line this year. I mean, I can tell you being at the games, Kelvin Banks' a- a- ankle's an issue for him right now. He's not 100%. You're on – your third center, whether Cole Hudson was the two center, Connor Robertson was the two center, they were 2A, 2B. So you're on your third center in the Red River showdown. Um, Cole Hudson's been out. So they were rotating him and DJ Campbell. Uh, so they had a rotation going there. They lost that rotation. Cole Hudson had experience. So they're working through 
so and DJ Campbell's first Red River game yesterday. Um, they're working through, through more injuries and more adversity on the offensive line than they did last year, even though they were young, just from getting guys healthy, keeping them healthy. Um, I thought what was interesting, somebody in the comment set, section said it, Rod and Bobby, those OUD linemen followed the pullers in the run yep. game. Yeah. I no mean, they, there was no hesitation now. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, uh, I totally agree for you. This, one, this one comes from um, – uh, the Inside Texas message boards. What did y'all think of the uh, PK strategy to end the game? What did you think of that, Rod? Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, he, he was not aggressive, right? He only blitzed one time. They ran five plays, I believe six, if you count the, if you count the PI. Uh, but the only time they blitzed and came after him was that last play where they gave up the touchdown. And you can make the argument, should have came after him sooner. You should have tried to light him up just a little bit sooner. And if you listen to Jalen Ford, Jalen Ford saying they're playing man on the back end. I'm assuming that was too high man. So they're playing probably uh, man two with two deep safeties to make sure they got something over the top uh, so don't give up an easy one. Um, but I, I probably would have went more single high potentially, and I'd I, I devote another guy to the rush. They went pretty much a standard rush and thought their guys were going to win. And considering you hadn't won all game long, that was probably ill-advised decision. You should have broke tendency or like the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You should have done something different. They only blitzed, according to Pro Football Focus, they had them blitz 12 times. They didn't blitz very often in the game. And I think it's just because the the, the pace, right, the, the up-tempo pace, you can tell that affected uh, Texas' defensive line ability to pressure the opposing quarterback. But also just the formational stress this fear and shoot puts on you with the very wide splits when guys are blitzing they pretty much they can't disguise it as well they pretty much got to show it because either you're covering those wide receivers still wide splits out there or you know i mean you're in the box trying to stop the run if you want to disguise it you have to do you have to basically have audibles audible blitzes on defense where uh they got a formation and this is a formation we can blitz out of which i think they might have did later on in the game but I'm, i gotta go back and check Hey, Rod, answer this one. Do you prefer man or zone when being so close to the end zone? Uh, I, oh, man, you're talking about in the red zone? Are we talking yep, about red zone? Yep, that's what they're yeah, talking about. I, I got to play man in the red zone. I'm a man guy in the red zone. I think it's tough. It's just tough to play zone. out. You can let guys kind of run through your zones. Uh, they try, guys trying to pass off guys in coverage. I like to play man, but I like to try to try to get to the quarterback, too. I'm we'll playing man, but we can't yeah. sit on the island forever. Yes. I'm playing man. I'll tell my guys, hey, man, we're getting after him. So I would like, and I want the guys to reroute receivers too. I like to play some bump and run. The closer you get to the red zone, the less field you have to defend. Get physical, reroute them, throw, throw off the timing. Rod and Jerry, what do you guys see? This from Bryce Phillips. What do you guys see that uh, needs, what do you guys want to see or need to see from the team after the bye week? So looking forward a week and going to Houston, what do y'all really want to see Texas do? I mean, my point would be focus. You can't let, one loss turn into two, etc. You need to keep focused because I'm telling you, on offense, they played at a very high level in that second half. Yeah, I, I think the big biggest thing for me is I want to see JT Sanders healthy. I want to see Kelvin Banks moving better. I want this off week uh, to get these guys healthier uh, because look, I, I I do think this Texas had 527 yards offensively yesterday, and JT Sanders wasn't a factor. And, Rod, and I agree with Rod. He unlocked a lot of what Sark wants to do in that passing game. 
and they were he wasn't even a factor in the game. Now, what's interesting is through injury it forces change. So you go to the so you go to the eleven personnel right with Ogbo and three, and three wides. Oh yeah, I agree because we don't have great team. That may be a go-to depending on how teams respond to that because I, I you know. I'm not sure that the rest of the Big 12 schedule could really stop that consistently. What's interesting there, and it's it's kind of a discussion that we need to have, uh, but you look at JT, I mentioned the, the injuries earlier, and I talked about Cole Hudson and Jake Majors. JT Sanders should be back by Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he, – he played on Saturday. Right. Jalen Catalan's one we don't know the severity of his injury yeah. at this time. Hey, uh, Jack W. has a question. Would Texas – win a tiebreaker against West Virginia for the big 12 championship game. Uh, it depends how it turns out. If West Virginia were to beat or go undefeated in the big 12, then no, Texas wouldn't. But if West Virginia had one loss and Texas had one loss and both teams did not play one another, etc., it goes by who has the best overall record. Okay. And Texas has a better overall record than West Virginia. West Virginia, uh, I believe, uh, would go uh, could go up to September second on that list. Matt, it, our, our producer, if you go up to second, see West Virginia lost to Penn State in the season. Oh, yeah. So Texas would have the better overall record. Now yeah, if Oklahoma play. loses to West Virginia. Yeah, that's big. Different story. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but. That gives you a path for it. Uh, here's another question that uh, came in uh, from Paxton. Defense can stop Milrow, but not Gabriel. They're what? two totally different guys in that Milrow was a run-first guy that you were concerned about. Gabriel, you were concerned about his arm, not his legs entering that game. Um, that's, that's what they're talking about. They can see Milrow running. They couldn't Banner, Gabriel Olavsky said that Jalen Milrow is not even a dual threat quarterback. He's a single threat quarterback, and the threat is his legs. That he's not even a threat with his arm. He's got elite traits at quarterback, but he's not necessarily a competent high level quarterback. Dylan Gabriel, as we pointed out, more familiar with the veer and shoot system than any quarterback in the country is familiar with the system they're currently playing in. Nobody knows it better. He probably can coach it better than most coaches can coach the veer and shoot. And he's a real actual quarterback. The truth is. And we were saying it. Texas hadn't played a quarterback. They hadn't played a real. How's the bad thing about Jalen Daniels not playing against Texas? Exactly. Right? At least you had a test to help you expose some of your issues and been like, okay, you know what? Maybe our corners might not be able to smother those underneath routes where we thought. Maybe we might miss some tackles on some of those intermediate routes. We got to make sure we build in fail safes within the defensive game plan just in case that happens. We Texas had never seen that. So the false kind of, I guess the false confidence was, Oh, our DBs will definitely hold up. At least I thought in this calculation, DBs will hold up as long as the deep ball is not an issue. Deep ball was not an issue. DBs did not hold up. Couldn't tackle in the open field and couldn't smother enough of those routes. Also, that all comes down to you not being able to put pressure on Dylan Gabriel. He had three seconds on average as his time to throw. Right, he was passing the ball. Was, when quarterback, I, the one thing I always <laughs> say about football, if quarterbacks are patting the ball, you're in trouble defensively. <laughs> <laughs> that means those are very comfortable guys doing this with a football. That ain't good for you. <laughs> hey, I got to say this. Jalen Milrow and his uh, one one trick pony or whatever uh, looked pretty good, good against the Aggies yesterday. 
I got to get that in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that game, that game was not as close as the final score indicated, in my opinion. <laughs> no, no, please. Uh, Alabama blocked the field goal and returned it for a touchdown. They and did had, it. had a I block in the back or blindside block. Just that ridiculous L-L. call. It was yeah. a bad call. Hey, JS Dogs, what happened to Jalen Ford? Go, Rod. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, I think maybe he had the bubble guts. I'm thinking he had some bubble guts, some BGEs before the game. I have no idea. I would like to know from somebody on the inside if he's got an injury or something going on. He, There were multiple times where Jalen Ford, usually you would see him close the gap on a ball carrier, even Dylan Gabriel, and I didn't see it. I mean, in the open field, go watch the long run by Dylan Gabriel. Jalen Ford's got him. It's a one-on-one with Jalen Ford, the best defensive player we think in the Big 12, with Dylan Gabriel. And honestly, guys, it, it reminds you of the, that drill where the, the, the coaches put up the cones and he's asked a ball carrier to run right at a, a linebacker or a defender and see if he can juke him. And he just juked him. He just juked him. That happened like three times, guys. That wasn't the only time it happened. It happened like three different times. So I don't know what's going on with Jalen Ford. I can't explain that. That was one of the worst games we've seen from Jalen Ford since his worst game, which was the first game of 2022. That was yeah. the worst game he's had since that game. Hey, I want to say this real quick. Uh, huge props from William Jones. I agree with this, William A. Uh, huge props for the OU receivers with their blocking on the bubble flat passes. Yeah. There is no doubt they did it better than anybody else has to date against Texas, in my opinion. All right, uh, question. Uh, this one from Bob Fasella. Texas is 122 out of 133 in red zone touchdown percentage. Rod, Jerry, how does Sark change this? Uh, better play calling. Better personnel. I, I I will say this. There's I don't know that Sark fully trusts Quinn Ewers to make difficult decisions in the red zone at this point because he doesn't think he needs him to. If that makes sense, I mean he's not going to force Quinn Ewers into tight spaces. Uh, that that's part of my my thought process on that because I think Sark wants to get points no matter what. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but Rod, you you care to chime in? Yeah, I, first of all, the red zone has been an issue for a while. Like, going into the game, they were 108. We just didn't care about it because they were scoring enough points on explosive plays that people were like, ah, the red zone, they'll figure it out. They ain't figuring it out, all right? And without JT Sanders, it makes it even dip, more difficult in the red zone because he's your matchup nightmare. So what I want in this bye week is for Sark to go back to work in the red zone. Get to figuring out the red zone. Get back to figuring it out, whatever it is. Maybe it's a different personnel grouping. Maybe it's say the unread as your power back, as Jerry mentioned. I don't care what it is, but Sark's got to figure that out quick because it's pretty obvious. You can bend but don't break against Texas. And you can just say, get out. You need 555 yards. Go right ahead. I'm about giving up points. So I would give you all the yards you want. We get in the red zone. And maybe it's what you said, Bobby doesn't trust his quarterback, whatever it may be. But now it's, it's more than a trend now. It's a pattern. This team is not a good red zone team for whatever reason. Um, I think they should go more. I would go with more than six O line package in the red zone, and I'd go big 11. I'd tag it with RPOs, and that's pretty. That's kind of how I would approach it early on. And I agree with Jerry about Savion Red. Some guys have a knack for being able to navigate traffic in short, short line and goal, uh, short yardage and goal line. Uh, it's just some guys got it and some guys don't. It, it seems like Savion Red does have that. So I'll give Jerry some props and say maybe you should try that as well. 
I'll say I'll say this too. Um, and they haven't thrown one jump ball to Ad Mitchell this year in the red zone. The guy makes plays. He makes plays, guys. I mean, at some point you got to say you got to draw something up and get him alone and say, all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't care what people say about Quinn. Quinn. Quinn can put a ball out there to Ad Mitchell and give a guy a chance to make a play. At some point, you just got to let your playmaker try to make a play. You got to get him in a one-on-one. The guy's caught touchdowns in every national title and playoff game he's ever played in. Uh, you go let the guy do what he does. Let him go yeah. make a play. Hey, this one for Bobby Betronic. Uh, I think we identified, and we were talking earlier in this discussion about what we thought some positives that that emerged from this game for Texas. Bobby Petronic uh, comes back with, I think we identified and solidified some core competencies and players who can be counted on moving forward. We are a play-action heavy RPO team. Uh, we are not a sit-in-the-pocket and no-play-fake team. Y'all agree with that? Um, Sark, Sark is an R- RPO-based passing game, and he loves the play-action pass. So, yeah, I mean, that is, that is valid, no doubt. Uh, he has implemented this season just based off the eye test. I got to go back and check my notes and actually try to calculate it. I think they're in more straight drop back passing this season. And I think that's for Quinn. I think for him, he at times is not necessarily confident in Quinn turning his back to the defense and some of the deep play action passes. Um, so I, I don't think he has as many of those within the uh, within the game plan. We know he's not throwing the ball as deep anymore on his play action passes down the field with Sark once. He's a big game hunter, so he's curtailed that a little bit too. And I think also the I think I think Quinn is better at RPOs than he is at play action pass. I think his RPO he has he's a natural kind of feel with the rhythm of RPOs, and I think they've leaned more on RPOs this year than any time we've seen Sark uh, as a play caller here at Texas. Couple of questions here, uh, Rod. You and Jerry can answer this. Rod, what were your thoughts of Derek Williams ready to start? That one coming from Josh, a super chat. Thank you, Josh, uh, for that as well. Uh, and then also, I want to say, I, I want to add this one from Victor Abundus and have this be answered at the same time. I rewatched the film. Anthony Hill, Derek Williams, and Manny Muhammad look like three freshmen ready to start. Your thoughts? I was, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, how I feel about Muhammad, Manny Muhammad. I've said at, you know, at, at nauseum that I think his technique is better at the line of scrimmage. I, I think, and he did, he missed the tackle in that Oklahoma game, but I think it's just youth and inexperience more than anything. He gets more reps, he'll be better. He's got a higher ceiling, of course, than Ron Watts. Derek Williams is ready to go. I mean, it's, it's pretty, and they had him in there, out there in crucial situations in that game too. So they got a lot of confidence. I mean, he was out there. Um, and obviously during the, the last game winning touchdown, so they trust him out there. And yes, Anthony Hill, I mean, he's a prodigy. So I'm with you. I agree with the, the person on the chat. They're ready to roll. Let's go. Cause they missed guys. They missed, they missed 13 tackles in that game. Um, and I counted a, over a hundred, 130 yards of extra yardage, uh, additional yardage as a result of those missed tackles. Um, you know, maybe some of these younger guys can uh, clean up some of that. Cause Jaron Thompson, Michael Taft, I saw those guys make some crucial mistakes in this game, and I expect veterans to play better in, in the Texas OU game. I say so, better in run fits, Rod. Yeah. I mean, poor angles is just unacceptable yep. for guys that have played thirty games. Yep, agreed. I mean, that's that was a big one for me. Hey, some somebody uh, brought up a question a second ago that I just want to address. They said, did Quinn even throw a ball fifteen yards down the field? Yeah. Well, first of all, yes, he did. But here's the thing: people got I think got to realize. He's making some 35 and 40 yard throws that maybe not vertical throws. There, 
Rod and I, we kind of talked about this. Sark is mm-hmm. stressing the field vertically in a different way than taking shots down the right and left sideline. Yep. He's, he's working in his vertical game, stressing the field vertically, but not necessarily running vertical routes. I think that's where he's changed uh, throughout the season. Yep, those 20-yard curls. He saw yep. one in this game to X-Man. It's like – and he, he leaves extra men in protection. I think they only – usually like a two- or three-man route, and it's like a 20-yard curl. And they got it to X-Man. I believe it was like a third – it was a third and really long, and they got it to X-Man – uh, sorry, second and really long, and it made it a third and manageable. So yeah, it, they're basically instead of taking the top off the of defense with the deep ball, they're 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 basically keeping the top on the defense with some deeper developing routes, which serves the same purpose. You don't get to take the top off, but at least you keep the safeties from coming down into the box. They got to at least stay up there and respect it. All right, uh, this one from Lane C. Right, didn't occur to me in the game, but could they have taken a delay of game penalty on the fourth and four to take time off? In the end, 20 to 30 seconds was big. No, because they 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 won't allow that. Uh, and plus, it could have knocked you further out of field goal range. Right. <laughs> they weren't going to make a 40-plus. What was the, the distance on that last one, guys? 46. 46. Yeah. He would have made it a 51-yard field goal on a delay. And by the way, he could have made it because he, he had like five extra yards to go. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, but you know, you're not going to – when a guy's missed his last couple or missed two the week before, you're not going to – you're not going to take a penalty. And plus, the, the clock wouldn't also run off Yeah. Uh, in there. Um, hey, I, by Auburn. the way, he I was – a great game, guys. We should give him credit, Bert Auburn. He, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, by the way, being at that game, Sark didn't want to kick that ball. He was hoping they were going to jump off sides. I mean, he tried. You know, yeah. and look, credit to Bert Auburn. Because if I was the head coach, I'd have been hesitant about running that thing out there from 47-2 after the last uh, – after he had been kind of in a rut. He had made yep. the kick earlier in the game. But uh, to Rod's point, snaps weren't good against Kansas. Burt missed a couple against Kansas. Brian Irwin hit on it. Questionable because of snaps. Because if you're an inch off, it makes a big difference, right, Um, in the hold and in the snap. Um, So credit to both those guys. Snaps were good and kicks were great. And that's why I – Oh, go ahead, Rod. I'm sorry. I'm saying real quick, that's why I wish – you know, back to Jerry's – I wish Jalen Daniels would have played. This team has – Shown an ability. This is why I get back to talent development and coaching. Coaching matters. Remember that Rice game and how discombobulated the offensive line looked? And we all thought, holy Chicago, they're about to play Alabama in Tuscaloosa yeah. and the offensive line don't have their ish together. Man, it's going to be trouble. But Sark, he, he saw the problem. What I would say about coaches, they're problem solvers. He's like, all right, we got to fix the O-line. We got to do it. Boom, boom, boom. He went about it and fixed it. And they went to the Alabama game and the offensive line was not an issue. The special teams had been a problem in the Baylor game and the Kansas game. Jeff Banks went to work and then fixed it for the Texas OU game. Big games, right, where it really matters against high-level opponents. This this coaching staff has found they, – they really have shown me that they have the ability to fix problems, to solve problems. And that's why I wish Jalen Daniels would have played in that Kansas game. So yeah. I think he would expose some more problems in that secondary, and the defensive game plan would have been different without the false confidence that the secondary would have held up. They would have went after him more, guys. He would have went after him more. All right. Uh, here we go. A couple other questions uh, here for you. Uh, this one from Jeffrey K. Is there such a thing as a good loss? No. <laughs> That's my answer. I, I know that I know what you want me to say. I know. The answer is no. Maybe it was Kansas two years ago. 
Maybe that was a good oh. loss in retrospect because oh, it, no. it caused some exorcism of sorts. No. But still, no. Well, I'm there, there, I don't know if a single time where losing was ever good. No, well, well, let's let's separate this because it's tied in the basketball. Sometimes, if you're 21 and one, 21 and 0, and you lose a conference game, that can be good. In football, all of them matter too much. I yes, mean, that's the problem with a loss in football. Is look if is. Is it a good thing to have a loss? No, never. But if you run the table and then play that same team again and you beat them, it's going to be easy to look back and say, it was, hey, it was a, it was okay loss. We came back. We beat them. It's hard to beat a team twice. We're in the playoffs. In basketball, yes. In football, no. In the NFL, maybe. But not in college football. Mm-mm. Next year, Now, I'll say this. Next year when the 12-team playoff comes in, there you go. that's a different story. But right now, four teams are fighting to get in, so they all matter too much. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. All right, here, here's one going to be the last question of the night, our last comment. And I really think that this is a big one from Antonio Sanchez. We need to tackle and play better like no team can beat us. Have confidence. Have that dog mentality. That dog. I, I want to start with this first. I know you can talk about mentality and – whether or not one team or the other wanted it more and all this other stuff, Texas fundamentally needs to tackle better. I brought that up with Michael Taff and, and Jaron Thompson, both just not fitting the run very well uh, multiple times in that game um, mm-hmm. and ended up, oh, you would get a first down because of it. That, though, look, the outside guys were not tackling well. If ta- Texas tackles better in that game, I think this is a different game uh, of all the things that we need to talk about and what can be fixed, et cetera. The one that actually can be fixed this year in this next six or seven games, however many more Texas plays is tackling. They can take better angles. They're better athletes than that. I, I know Jaron Thompson and Michael Tapp aren't the best athletes. I'm not saying they are, but they're better than what they showed on Saturday, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, run into the football. The whole Texas team is to that degree. Jaday Barron took a couple bad angles. He, did. He, he led the team in tackles, but he still took a couple bad angles. It goes it goes back to what we talked about earlier for me. All all these things uh, to, uh, look, I haven't covered like Rod has, but I've 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 covered the guys that cover for a long time. It's a hell of a lot harder game if the guys in front of you aren't getting pressure. It is. Because you have to cover for two split seconds longer, then come out of your break, then you're in the open field with nobody behind you, and you know against Oklahoma, that guy's as talented as you are. Not against Iowa State, but against Oklahoma, he's as talented as you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas has to find a way to get pressure, guys. They, you can't. I don't care if you have Patrick Peterson and Deion Sanders over there. You have to get pressure. You can't ask the – People to cover that long for 60 minutes. It's just, it, you're going to get exposed just by the number of throws that are in the air. Yep. And not only that, Jerry, not only that, people keep asking, and shout out to my man Drew. Drew did a great job on the post game with Bobby and I. And he's got a play linebacker. And everybody kept asking, you know, why why did Jalen Ford look so subpar? Why he looks so mid? Well, the guy's in front of him. <laughs> the, the guy's in front of him. The guy's in front of him are dominating. Hey, Jalen Ford's job is a whole lot easier to be able to decipher where the ball is going and diagnose plays. But when the guys in front of him are not dominating, and Jerry, you said it, they weren't resetting the line of scrimmage. No. All right? They weren't necessarily resetting the line of scrimmage. That means those guys sometimes are getting pushed back. 
And if that's the case, Jalen Forshaw is a whole lot, is a whole lot tougher. And I, trust me, I'm a DB. My first year starting, I had Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers on my D line. So I, the, I had, I had a, I had first world problems at quarterback back then, having to cover for like three seconds. But you're right. When those guys up front are taking care of business, there's a domino effect, a positive kind of reverberating effect all throughout the defense. Everybody wins when the guys up front are winning, and the guys up front didn't win. And Texas didn't win the lines of scrimmage against Oklahoma. We thought they, that was a Guaranteed yeah. check. Texas will win the lines of scrimmage against Oklahoma. They did not. They did All right. I, I want to say this before we let you go. I want to remind everybody this. Only since 2006, only seven national championship teams finished with zero losses. That's right. Exactly. So remember, uh, this Texas is not out of this. And I do think they should bounce back. Uh, people asked earlier in this chat whether or not what, what I wanted to see for the next week. I need to see Texas refocus on beating Houston and start taking it game by game, play by play, uh, like we saw them for much of the second half against OU. They repeat what they did much of the second half against OU. Texas has a very good chance of seeing OU again back in the Big 12 championship game, uh, in my opinion. All right, uh, Jer Jerry and Rod, thank you all so much. Thank you all to, uh, to uh, Cross Oak Group, uh, our sponsor of the Longhorn live stream on Sunday night. Uh, please like and subscribe for more of the best Longhorn coverage. Also, remember, you can get a, a really good deal on a subscription right now to InsideTexas.com. Visit us at InsideTexas and get a $1 for two-month special offer. You have to select the monthly offer and use promo code OTFIT23. Guys, uh, good luck to the Cowboys tonight. I know some people are watching them. The Rangers have won. Uh, they, they're one, what are they, one or two games away now from ALCS? Two, L, two from the ALCS. Astros are getting started. Uh, so enjoy tonight. A uh, good sports night in the state of Texas. Uh, for Jerry and Rod, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been on Texas Football. Hook them. Hook them.